Hello, No Extra Words listeners. It's Chris Baker Dersh here. I'm your producer and editor. It is the third week of Advent, and if there was ever a week in Advent that I was going to fall behind, it was going to be this one. Because for some reason, the middle weekend in December, the one that's not right before Christmas, but falls in the middle, is the weekend of all the things. So... The choir sang at a tree lighting. The kids had their Christmas pageant at the church. They, like, all of those things were happening. So we're a little bit behind, which was to be expected. Week three in your traditional Advent celebration, the theme is joy. And so if you light Advent wreath candles, oftentimes the joy candle is pink. So depending on your tradition, the other candles may be blue or purple. The joy candle is often pink. I don't know why, theologically speaking, but is the one that's different. Before we go on, I want to spend just a tiny minute talking about some of the realities of Christmas because Christmas hits us all at whatever point of life that we are at. Christmas does not move our lives. Our lives move Christmas. And so it adjusts depending on where we are. I am at this moment in my life in that prime time little kids at Christmas scenario. So our excitement is ramping up and we are leaving letters for Santa and we are in all of that. But I have also in my years on this planet experienced tougher Christmases. The Christmas after a loss, the Christmas when the family's in that awkward zone where nobody's really a kid anymore and you're all kind of sitting around Christmas morning looking at each other. There are the Christmases of of joy and love when everybody's rallied around the table and the little kids love their presents. And then there's the Christmases where you couldn't make it home and so you're kind of on your own or you just had a rotten breakup and you don't want to see anyone. And I think the reality is that most of us will experience at some point the tougher Christmases and hope to at some point experience the former, so those more pleasant times. So I don't know, dear listener, where this one is hitting you right now, what kind of Christmas is brewing, and there are hybrids too, like most things are not all one or the other. Um, But I don't think we spend enough time acknowledging some of the tougher aspects of this holiday season. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of stress. There's a lot going on. And I think especially in this age of social media, there's a lot of pressure to look good, to look like you are having the most fun in the world for those Instagram shots. I just wanted to to let you know that reality is okay and reality is welcome here. And whatever phase of life you're in, um, I'm hoping some of these books provide inspiration or maybe just companionship along your journey towards Christmas. That's a weird way to introduce joy, but I wanted to to take on joy from the perspective of being a child at Christmas. And I think for some people that brings up issues if you you know, don't have or are unable to have children of your own or don't want them. And so you're kind of left out of that child part of it. Or if your own childhood was less than pleasant, those kinds of things can be a little bit irksome. Um, but there's a fantasy element to it as well. The The idea that the purest thing is being, is being a child at Christmas. It's that miracle on 34th street feeling where she's sort of been denied this childhood. And, and the whole purpose of this story is to try to get her to, get it back. If you're hearing grunting noises in the background, that's not me. That's Max, who's now four months old, and he is helping tonight because this was either going to happen with him or not at all. So the four-year-old helped me pick the books we were going to focus on this Advent, and a lot of the ones that are being talked about on this particular episode are among his favorites because they're really about being a kid at Christmas. And that means I have to start with It's Christmas, David. And this is by... David Shannon, 
David Shannon wrote No David. David Shannon's illustrated a lot of things. Um, he wrote No David, which I want to say he won a Caldecott or a Caldecott honor for. Caldecott honor. Um, and it was entirely based on his childhood of being the kid who was into everything and kept being told no to not touch that. And so that's where No David came from. And it's very relatable to anyone who's ever been or been around a child. So David is back and it's Christmas. So David is, of course, trying very hard to be good because he's being told that Santa's always watching. But David is also a child at Christmas. And so David's knocking over the tree and he's taken too long and then not long enough as he's rushing through the important things and, and holding everybody up when they're trying to do other things. And I mean, David gets kind of naughty. He pees in the snow. He runs down the street naked. This is not a very long book. It doesn't have a lot of words. So David gets a lot done in this time. And so, of course, this all leads to David having a nightmare about Santa leaving him a lump of coal. And spoiler alert, Santa does not. I don't think Santa actually leaves lumps of coal. That's my spoiler alert for you is I think Santa actually does have good presents for everyone. He certainly does for David at the end of this book. But if you are in or know someone who is in that kind of fence around the Christmas tree, children running everywhere phase of family life, it's Christmas David is going to hit them right where they are. Um, in the same vein, a little bit longer, a little more story to it, is Merry Christmas Mom and Dad by Mercer Mayer. This is a little critter's book. I actually was gifted this in a gift exchange when I was in junior high school. And the reason they gave it to me is because on the front cover, Merry Christmas is initially spelled wrong. It says Merry K-R-I-S and then the kid crosses it out and spells Christmas correctly. So it has my name on it, which is how it came to me. And I've had it ever since then. Um, I've always liked the book, but certainly having kids has helped give it more context in my life because of course this is the kid who wants to help with everything so he helps with the wreath by nailing it to the wall and he helps with the ornaments by breaking them and he you know i'm sure i am not the only parent out there who's been gritting their teeth and trying to channel patience as they want so badly to help and to be involved and to be a part of things and it would be easier to just do it and get them out of the way. But that, of course, is not the point. And so embracing the messiness of doing this holiday with children is a big part of this. One of the things I do like about the literature this time of year is it's very accessible to kids. You can include even the littlest kids in some of the classic literature. Um, the Night Before Christmas or A Visit from St. Nicholas is its original title. is a great example of that. And I've got a book here... Janet Samuel is the illustrator of this edition. It's a board book edition. And her illustrations are so accessible. They're cute. They're whimsical. They're glittery. It's amazing what a, a change in illustration can do to make this book completely accessible to your youngest of readers in board book form. And so it's never too early to start sharing with them those classics. I mean, you know, even doing Mickey's Christmas Carol or the Muppets Christmas Carol and getting some of those really classic stories under their belts early on is totally doable. My next book is The Littlest Angel, and I'm going to read the inscription inside it. It says, this book belongs to Katie from Marge, Christmas 1978. Katie is my sister. Marge is my aunt. And so somehow along the way, I have stolen this book from my sister, but... Um, Christmas 1978, I would have been a month old. So that is an interesting time in my family's life. The Little Angel is a classic story. 
goes back a long way. The theology of it is a little weird, and it can be a little heavy if you think about it too much for young children. Having said both of those things, I read this book a ton as a child and loved it. The littlest angel has come to heaven at the age of four and finds heaven to be a very serious place and isn't really cut out for it because all the other angels are placidly singing in the choir or doing those things. And this little angel is chasing his halo down the street and just wants to go home and play. And there's an understanding figure in the book who knows exactly what it's like to be a child and what a child needs in heaven. It's it is a kind of a weird story. And like I say, it's easy to overthink it and to think about what brought this four-year-old to heaven. But it is a beautiful little book. And it captures perfectly that essence of being a child. It's not really about Christmas, but it lands in my Christmas collection because it's about angels. And it was clearly one of the four-year-old's favorites because it landed in his pile of books that I should talk about on the show. I did a nativity book last week. I'm going to do another one. This is another board book. And this is called A Child is Born. This is by Margaret Wise Brown. It's a poetic little story of the nativity. What is the real stand-up for this book, though? I mean, Margaret Wise Brown is a big name, obviously. But this edition is illustrated by Floyd Cooper with a diverse cast. So Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus are black the wise men clearly come from all different parts of the world. Um, one appears to be African, one appears to be of Asian descent. Um, so it's really hard for a lot of kids to see their faces in the literature of especially Christmas, because Christmas books and movies tend to really come from this one time period. They're very, actually two, they're either very Victorian or or they're very 1950s. It's like those are the two eras that all the movies, all the music, all the everything seems to come from. And neither one of those eras are strong on representation. So uh, Black Nativity is always a great thing um, to see for all kids. And kids get it really easily. I think we're worried we'll confuse them. My four-year-old grabbed this book, pointed to the cover, and said, Hey, Mama, is that baby Jesus? Yeah, it is. This is not hard to figure out. One of the things I was always in the market for when I was a children's librarian was a really good secular Christmas read aloud. And one of my favorites is Merry Christmas, Big Hungry Bear by Dawn and Audrey Wood. So if you know the Big Hungry Bear, you know him from The Little Mouse, The Red Ripe Strawberry, and The Big Hungry Bear, which is a classic book for your toddler preschool set. So colorful, vibrant illustrations, just huge like spreads of these beautiful, colorful pictures of this mouse who's being taught to be afraid of the big hungry bear. But is there another character he really should be afraid of? So that's the little mouse, the red ripe strawberry and the big hungry bear. What I've got here is Merry Christmas, big hungry bear. The mouse is so ready for Christmas. He's got this big tree. He's got these beautiful presents. I'm telling you, you could live in these illustrations. They are gorgeous. And the narrator, there's always this unreliable narrator to these stories. The narrator is telling him to keep his presence away from the bear. But then the narrator reminds him that the bear is all alone in his cold, dark cave, crying, and nobody gives him presents. So late Christmas Eve night, the mouse dresses like Santa in a classic storybook trope and takes all of his presents up to the big hungry bear and there's a, a race against time because, of course, it has to go quick because the big hungry bear is peeking. Hi, Max. Are you talking to everybody? And, of course, it ends well because you never meet the big hungry bear in either book. He's always an off-page off character. But 
there's some reciprocity for the little mouse at the end of it. It's very Christmassy, very colorful, at the same time completely secular, all about the gift of giving, and makes a great sort of ecumenical read aloud. I would pair it with, if I was doing a holiday story time, I usually made themes of my holiday story times about giving rather than about Christmas. And so I would pair that book up with a one about birthdays, and there was one about like a Vietnamese New Year that was a classic that I would use, and a poem or two from the Winter Lights book, which we talked about last week. And that way I could cover holidays in general without being Christmas specific, and then have a craft project all around the kids making something to give. So that was how I would do holiday story time in a public library setting to really try to be inclusive. Um, I feel like you can do that if you are inclusive of all the holidays. Having said that, if I'm going to be in a public setting and I'm trying to be inclusive of all the holidays, I'm going to try to stay away from the Jesus parts just to be fully inclusive. So those are my six joy books. Man, that went fast, which is great because I got to get this released and get out of here because tis the season. Um, I am really sincerely hoping to release one of these next weekend. Next weekend, as you know, is the 22nd and the 23rd. So I'm going to make no hard and fast promises. Um, the nice thing is we do the 12 days of Christmas in my house. So if this is late and comes out after Christmas, you can still enjoy the festivities if you choose to. We know we will be. These books will not go away in my house until the 5th of January when they'll be packed up in and stored for another year. The theme of the fourth week of Advent is love. And we are going to interpret that here as home, family, and tradition. So the final six books are going to be all about how we celebrate Christmas and the traditions of this holiday. We're going to venture back a little bit into the land of the adult books, as well as doing some picture books, too. And these are all on Instagram and Goodreads, if you want to pop over there and see how I'm doing cataloging the, the winter holiday book collection. would love to have you come by and be friends. That's Instagram.com slash no extra words or Goodreads.com slash no extra words. I hope you're having a wonderful Advent. I hope in the midst of this busy season, you're taking time to curl up with somebody, whether it's yourself, your cat, your kids, your significant other, whoever, or a, an old lady in a nursing home who could use a reading friend, whoever it is you're sharing stories with. Enjoy them in this season of coziness. And I will talk to you guys very, very soon. Thank you.